Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome down the security rabbit hole to yet another edition of the Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. Brrr, winter edition. <laughs> it's getting cold. J- James is brutal outside. It dipped into the it, it dipped into the low thirties overnight. I, oh man, I, I don't know what to do. Got, it's so cold. Yeah, I don't think we got that low, but it definitely got cold last night. Thirties, man. I don't. I don't think we've seen thirties. For, well, last year we did, but that's all right. Still, it's not that way in Texas here yet. So, <laughs> yeah, let, <laughs> we're not going to touch that topic, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> careful, all right, so careful, careful, right? Nobody wants to get uh, nobody wants to have the uh, the thought police on them. All right, so folks, um, as it's, it's it's this time of year where we focus the show a little bit on uh, oh, we'll just call it uh, whimsical stories and, and fun topics. Uh, related to the holiday season and the fact that everybody, uh, if not, doesn't stop working, then uh, effectively uh, works from home for a while, works from home, as you see my background. Um, and if you're not watching this, that's too bad. You should be. Um, and so we, we decided we, identity is one of those topics I love talking about. Uh, I love uh, I love the fun places these kind of conversations go. Brought on Mike Kaiser from uh, from SailPoint. Uh, and Mike, hello, hello. I guess you're in Texas. I, you've given that away. Yes, yes. I docked myself very, very slowly. Yeah, I'm in uh, glorious <laughs> Austin, Texas, where it's uh, it's a balmy 70 degrees. So all's good. Man, that is warm. I'm I'm uh, I'm jealous. It is uh, it's a high of 52 today. I might have to put a <laughs> coat on. We all have our struggles, right? Uh, struggle time. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. All right. So where do we start? Um, uh, it's the holiday season. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've gotten a, a, a my father, uh, my, my, my parents say a, a new laptop. So I'm off setting up uh, 75 new usernames and passwords for everything that needs to get installed. Um, and, and <laughs> so I'm trying to, it's driving me crazy. I'm trying to install the, uh, the password manager for them. It's giving me problems. So I just, ah. Why can't it be easy? Well, at least, at least you've convinced them or manipulated them into using a password manager. You know, that's a listen. Step we've got yeah, listen. We've we've gone from as my parents age. Um, we used to keep things on the fridge, uh, yeah, on on a on a post it note on the fridge, and it became so old and taken off so many times. We taped it, and in the move, they lost the password post it. <sighs> Wow. So in resetting everything, uh, I've decided we're going to go to a password manager and they're going to deal with it <laughs> because then I have access to it, right? It's a shared shared application. I have access. They have they can see it. My dad can get it working on his phone, on this new laptop as soon as, soon as Windows 11 cooperates. And, uh, and it'll be great. 
in, in, in theory. Right, right. I mean, it's always a theory, right? And if your family is like mine, I have about a 45 second window to get everything working and installed and usable when I, from the time I touch the keyboard until they're like, okay, it's too much trouble. So, yes. you know, that's always, the struggle is real, right? Like I said before, and you know, it's, uh, it's always, uh, yes, it is. password managers kind of represent that, that, that smooshing together of identity that we've seen like in the last two years, right? Like you, you may have been sitting, hopefully you've been sitting in front of that delightful cabinet, but I've definitely been in front of this old infographic for like two years, right? And everything, right? Whether it's work or whether it's a social organization a religious organization, local gambling, whatever it is, you know, you're in the same place. And so I think password managers are kind of a, a gateway drug to that smushed together identity where I'm, it's kind of, if it can be easy in one sphere, why isn't that easy everywhere, if you know what I mean? And so well, I think yeah. people are going to be expecting that. You know what? You know what I'm seeing a lot more of, and James, maybe you can validate this for me. That, um, but as I'm as I'm signing up, uh, or I, I sign up for things more, and, and and never mind that everything wants a username and password, you know, whatever. But but I'm seeing a lot of sign up with Apple, sign up with Google, sign up with Facebook. Okay, Facebook, hard no. Apple, <laughs> I don't think so. Google, maybe. Uh, I think Google, if, if I'm going to use anything as a federated identity, it's going to be Google because at least there I've got, you know, multi-factor authentication. I've got a hardware token. I've got all the stuff to get into my Gmail. And if you break that, then we've got way bigger problems. I'm a little concerned, Raph, that you don't have like MFA and all that set up on your Apple. Like, What, what are you doing? I, I do. I, ab I absolutely do. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely do. It's just I'm not entirely sure I want to give Apple any more control than they are i don't know it's like at this point pick fascinating your user, right? that's fascinating wait just let's let's hold up the bus here just a moment speaking <laughs> uh -oh. as a speaking as myself all right as an in as an identity kind of industry person not so much from the sale point perspective to be clear you're you're between apple and facebook and google your best option is google like i, I mean where are you going are you going apple because i know you're not going I, facebook yeah, you're right. I'm not going to Facebook. Um, Meta. Yeah, Meta yeah, now, whatever. Meta, shut up. I don't care. Meta. <laughs> I'm in the alternate. Yeah, no. Um, I think that, you know, at least Apple's marketing privacy. Now, whether or not they're actually doing Fair it. Enough. And, and you know, the, the, there's a, there's some aspects there. I, I did a research project. Research project. Uh, a, a talk at DEF CON Black Hat 2019 where I got a phone and I signed, made this fake identity and signed this person up in 25 online systems, all right? Ranging okay. from Google, obviously, because that was just to get into the dang phone, um, all the way to right. dating apps, to believe it or not, Ashley Madison, by the way, don't do that in your home area code. Um, and she has a whole background. <laughs> There's a story there. But I did, and I didn't lock anything down, all right? I accepted every privacy agreement. And I went to Vegas. As this, everybody right? does, Mike. As right. everybody does. <laughs> I know. Does anybody know. actually cancel that? No. no. There was a South That's... Park episode about this. Okay. There's oh, really? a word of caution there. <laughs> yeah. Well, the human and... centipede. I'm just going to leave it at that. Google it. Don't Google. do it at work. As soon as I signed this fake woman up, 
she had an entire profile on Google. I mean, they all do, right? To be fair, to be fair, right? But between the phone and the location tracking and everything, it it knew everywhere I was going, everything I was doing. Granted, I didn't turn it on at home because I'm not a moron. Um, <laughs> but I just, that's an interesting choice. I don't know. There may not be a great option, to be fair, to your, your choosing Google. But... I feel uh, like it comes down to maybe more of... Google just seems more of an authority from a identity perspective versus like Apple. I don't, I don't see them as that space. You know what I mean? I yeah. see them as my phone. I see them as like just a storage for stuff, but not a service provider of the like of outside of that. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, going with you either way on this rap, but I'm just saying like, that could be a factor Thanks, as why somebody might look at Google versus like I look at all three of them and say no. <laughs> I'll create yeah, a new I mean, account well, and put it in my stupid password manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. I mean, I at least know. with, I, I don't with know. Apple, they're they are embracing uh, you know, I think what's gonna where it's gonna change is like this Apple wallet stuff where you have yeah. credentials issued to you. You know, if I can take a phone to the airport and use that instead of carrying paper with me, you know, I, I think those kinds of ease of use scenarios are going to, for example, like any kind of facial recognition software, as long as it's on the device in a secure enclave, I'm all for that because you're not interrupting what you do anyway. You're going to look at your phone unless you're doing everything orally, which is a whole different weird discussion to have. Right. But at least then I have strong off, you know, as long as it doesn't leave the device, then I've got MFA without telling people what it was, right? It's, it's some other source. So anyway, we, what's interesting about this merging of identities is there are a ton of people, we SailPoint just sponsored a survey, a ton of people that are using their corporate email addresses to sign up for accounts everywhere. Well, okay. Which, this was which uh, is just like a little bit. Well, uh, speaking of Ashley Madison, right? Remember that somebody did a treasure, uh, treasure trove dive through all the email addresses and some massive percentage was people's corporate email addresses. And I'm thinking to myself, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> if you're going to be a crappy person, don't be a crappy person on company. Like, oh my God, what is, uh, what is wrong with humanity? Maybe, maybe there's an expectation that the spam filter and the junk filter is better on your corporate email. <laughs> than it is on your Hotmail address. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to send it through here and I'm going to let them validate this stuff. And if anything looks fishy, we'll let them kick it out. I I think that's part of it, right? It showed that the the younger generations, as I sound like an old man telling people get off my lawn with a shotgun, the younger generations are the ones that are more likely to blend those worlds. And I think think it's a couple of things. One is just mobile device usage, right? If you're used to a mobile device form factor, I think you're less likely to separate like the 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 more mature people I speak to have this church and state separation mature right uh church and state separation between their work and their personal lives including split computers they never check their personal email on their work computer which well, that's what's that like I find that difficult to I don't know how you would do you have like a controls like a defcon center set up I don't know Anyway, but I think it's more of that blurring. And I think you're right, James, that the spam filtering is way better probably on my corporate network than my personal account, despite what Google does for me or doesn't do for me. Um, you know, there's 
I just found that fascinating that people. There's tons of stuff that lines. comes through there, but I mean, I, I, I'm one of those people. Like I, my work computer is my work computer. I don't use it for anything else. I don't open anything personal on it. E- everything is completely separate from that case. But I see what you're saying. Like from a like the mobile device changes the whole game. Remember back when you used to have to carry like your your corporate phone and your personal phone, and now yeah, it's like, no, so- no, bring your own device. Everything's on there. Well. You know, and so check your corporate email on here. Check your per- like it's just one device, and it is that merged world. How do you get it? You, you know, can't I mean, that- separate those. You can't. I've, I've tried. But James does. It makes James no does. sense. Apparently, James is James, weird. I, how does this work, James? Like I do it from my laptop. Oh, <laughs> different laptop. Oh, oh, I see. See, 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 Mike. This is the distinction for, when for it laptop. comes to like. That's what yeah, I'm but, saying. But, like but, my work computer. My work computer is my work computer. I don't do anything worky on my personal computers. I don't do anything personal on my worky computer. But for my phone, I only have one because it's bring your own device. So, you know, do I have access to my mail? Yes. Do I have access to Slack? Yes. Those are the only two things I have access to on my personal device that are work. But, right, like, so as we see that, I see that more is what drives that is that kind of – and I. I do. I know a lot of people that don't have personal computers. Their only computer is their work computer, right? So they're in that situation. I think you see a lot of people these days now that they don't have home machines. They're like, "Oh, work's going to give me a computer. I'm good." Well, I, I went the opposite route. Um, I don't have a work computer. I just do everything. Like we're, we're a completely my day jobs are completely everything SaaS uh, cloud. I can. There's literally no reason to carry a corporate device anymore, ever. And so, besides, is it, you know, look, I, I'm not one for this, but I know plenty of people that switch jobs, you know, once a year or more that have to go re register everywhere because your corporate email suddenly stops working is mental, right? I mean, that, that seems crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a life choice for sure. Now, you know, if you're, if you're holding down three jobs at once, like I'm, I'm not. In case SailPoint is listening, I don't have any jobs in the site. No, just kidding. Um, you might have different laptops for that. But James, let's say you go on the road, right? Like hypothetically back in the old days. Are you rocking two laptops through airport security? In the before times. Right. Like what? Right. In no. The so, old days. so here's the thing. One, I don't, I, I, I will don't travel. tooth and nail drag myself. I don't travel. Uh, but if I do, like if I go on vacation, if I go out of town, anything like that, I do. I bring my work laptop and I bring my personal laptop. I always have two computers with me. Are you? I assume you're wheeling that around. You're not carrying that in a backpack, are you? Backpack. He's got like a he's got like the, like the 17 inch, you know, twenty five pound brick, and then it's two of them, <laughs> yeah. and he's like carrying yeah. power supplies. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Got a yeah. Generator with it. Yeah, get out of here. I look like my son in sixth grade, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, I, be- that's that I believe. That yeah. Do you even lift multiple laptops, bruh? You know, it's like yeah, kind exactly. of a, that kind of a workout. It's like a dude culture combined with that. So yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it's a it's a weird thing. It also impacts stuff like uh, phishing, right? If you're on a mobile device, because think about the green, this real estate on that thing. You don't see what I want is I want all the headers displayed if I were really checking myself, right? Because I want to see the domain. Like, on a mobile device, you don't get that kind of information, right? It, it's just like, oh, it's from John. I know a John. I know like five Johns, you know. Hopefully the last <laughs> name is there too. But there's I'm, I'm starting to see, there's a couple things. 
the older generation that survey were a lot more likely to identify phishing emails than the younger people, which is also fascinating. Um, what? They, yeah, yeah, like the old people, are like yeah, we like, can ad- wheel that back a little bit. The the uh, us older uh, non computer cool people uh, that don't live on in in whatever Instagram, uh, Snapchat, life, virtual meta things every day. We're better than the new kids. I'd like to savor that for just a moment. Okay, continue. <laughs> Yeah, feel free to drop this at really, really awkward holiday parties you may have. Did you know that older people are more likely? What are you talking about? No, I think, (laughs) and there's no real explanation for it. I mean, it may be just overconfidence, you know, on the the older folks, but I don't think so. I think they're just used to being wary. You think about, I've got friends and family who still are super hesitant to buy anything online because their, their assumption was, as soon as I use my credit card, Someone's going to take it and buy a trip to Aruba, and then I'm going to be out, you know, however much a trip to Aruba is. And so they've gotten past that, but there's a healthy, you know, everybody's out to get me, which is kind of beneficial when you're on the interwebs, that series of tubes and all that. But it's like, yeah. it like me going to the gas station, like yanking on the <laughs> yanking on where you, you put the card in. I'm like, is this loose? Is this okay? <laughs> right. Right. Have you ever seen a skimmer? I'm not. And so I don't even really know Do what you... I'm looking for. Right. I'm just like, I, you know, honestly though, I, I, I have uh, virtual credit card numbers on my phone. Um, and, and for the places where my card uh, has to go physically be inserted or swiped or, <clears throat> you know, that thing. Um, I, I wonder, I, I wonder, do I even care because credit card numbers are so replaceable so quickly, uh, and there's built in yeah, fraud I mean, and there's built in yeah, fraud protection, we got fraud protection. Cards, right? Zero Which is why, yeah, nine times out of 10, I'm going to use a credit card before I use my bank card. Heaven forbid. Right. Cause once that's done, my bank card, like I, <laughs> like I lock it in a well, seat. Like, you, I don't James, yeah, do, you have your, do you have your cash station card, James? <laughs> I, I haven't really been convinced yet that James leaves his house. That I don't much I try not yet. to. I don't think he does. So, so um, I'm not. I'm not. You may not be our use case exemplar here. Once, but, you know. once a month, I get gas, and uh, you know it's funny. So I got a new truck back in like New Year's Eve last year. Got a new truck. I still haven't. I don't have three thousand miles on it. So if that tells you how much I leave my house, like I. <laughs> Sweet mother of mercy. Are you kidding? Seriously, I got like, I don't know, 20. I put 3,000 miles on my on my new wheels, like, in a, less than two weeks in. I was like, wow. That's, yeah, that's just, Rafa, that's just because you, you only have one laptop and you feel this innate yeah. freedom to go wherever you want. <laughs> Devil may care attitude, right? Yeah. Woo! A, a Pop-Tart and a Charger and I'm good to go, you know? <laughs> oh, man. But all oh. of this... All of this reflects back on what, how do we know who y'all are, who I am, right? I, I think identity is encompassing not just attributes and that kind of stuff, but behavior. So if I'm coming in from a new device every week, uh, that's, or new geo, obviously not James, but the rest of us, then, you know, how do we normalize that? How do we, because there's a lot of this, a lot of stuff that's being marketed. And I think that, long-term will be helpful that's machine learning and this kind of stuff but what it's doing is it's establishing what's normal 
Um, and it's been super easy in 2020 because this is normal. I mean, this conversation may not be, but using this backdrop, this location, this IP, that's pretty normal. Um, yeah. But bring your own device, bring your own environment is kind of what we're talking about. That changes the game a little bit. How do I, you know, how do I, if we don't own the device, how do I make sure the device is secure? Because identity is expanding out further and further, right? I don't want just to, I don't need to own your device as long as I can be sure it's secure and it's got all the right stuff on it. And there's not really, really inappropriate stuff on there that might be dangerous. That's a whole other discussion, but. Yeah. So, Mike, you touched on this, and I want to I, I want to uh, dive into this a little bit further. So, this notion of expectation between uh, corporate and personal identity, um, it, it that line is abs- You said squishy. That line is absolutely blurring. Uh, and at one at what point do we stop? So I asked this a couple of couple of years ago, and, and at a conference, and people thought I was nuts. But at what point do we stop issuing corporate IDs and just bring your, you know, uh, your personally federated ID from someplace else, and just assign them corporate access? Am uh, I nuts? You're not entirely nuts. You're nuts on only one level. Well, maybe two. First one: if I own an enterprise, if I own an infrastructure and architecture, you may bring your own identity, but if I own the entire system, I'm probably going to create a local identity alias for you, right? And so that's really when your identity exists to me. I may trust who you are coming in, but I'm going to put you in HR or I'm going to put you in some authoritative source that means you are now employed by my business, right? I'm basically issuing an additional credential, right? But effectively, I'm creating an identity. Now, you're not wrong in that, yeah, I think that's where we're going. We're going to a point where it's not going to be me handing in my driver's license. It's not a back-end communication. It's me saying, look, here is my digitally cryptographically signed uh, credential issued by the government that I'm a resident of Texas, just like you're seeing with the Apple thing, right, in the airport, or uh, for tax purposes, or my right to vote, or whatever status it is, a degree from an academic institution, right? And then this makes life a lot easier for the receiver of that to trust it. Because where we're going is a world where it's not just who you are, but the details about who you are have to have some level of trust. Um, and so so you're going to bring your own, I think, but it's going to be, there's some, some authority behind it would be my argument. Is there, is there room for, for I, we've been saying this since I want, since just before, uh, the RSA breach, which has been a couple of minutes, uh, but is there room for a a market for a company or a set of competitive companies to pop up, maybe one or two, that are a globally like a secure ID, a profile for you? Maybe Apple does this, right? They have your it's cryptographically um, set up. It's it's got provability. It's got expirations. It can federate. It can hold your passport, your driver's license, your college uh, uh, you know college credentials. Um, 
It can link your to your video games, but it can also automatically you can say hi. Uh, I'm, I'm signing up for for uh, to join your company tomorrow. Here is my federated identity. I log in. And I say allow this company to uh, access my personal information. You pull that so my HR record follows me. There's not 75 HR records to, to be potentially compromised and lost. Um, so this kind of like meta mega pro now, of course, Google's already done that in, in, in less obvious ways, right? And to, to, to an extent also Facebook, but in a useful manner. So everything yeah. from, um, you know, my, my, my grocery store habits to my, uh, my, <clears throat> my driver's, uh, driver's habits, <clears throat> um, to, to what TV shows I watch to where I work in, in my, in my grade school, uh, grades, like why, yeah. you know, I, I know people get freaked out about that, but if it's properly maintained and the proper controls are around it and the, and I have control over that data, not the, not the federated, the company that's federating it, this is the ideal because then that way, the only person that can lose information is me because I've given it to you. Right. There, there are cross purposes at work here. Fair. Like every major, the big three you talked about, Apple, Google, Facebook, these types of social-based identity login or something like that. They all want to own the identity, right? In yeah. a lot of degree. Because the more information they have about you, the more they can sell advertising dollars to target you. Oh, uh, you know, Rafael likes hiking. So we'll send him hiking boot ads or whatever else, or high-end alcohol that only a refined palate can enjoy, right? Whatever it is, exactly. Operational security, that's good. Um, <laughs> they, they can do that, right? Now, consumers have a, a latent interest in, in privacy, right? The research project I talked about DEF CON and Black Hat was doing privacy through obfuscation. And what it would do, it would inject uh, junk into your Twitter and social media feeds so that advertising about you was thrown off to weaken and dilute the information it had about you, right? Um, so I think what we're going to do, exactly, it's not very practical. No one wants to flood their own channel with junk. Anyway, um, yeah, well, kind of annoys your annoys your friends and followers too, because it's like, what's yeah. dumb? Well, it's and prefix, now you're getting ads for junk instead of stuff that you're actually interested in. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but they know less about me, which was the idea. I, you know, it, it's I'm not saying it's totally baked. I'm just saying there's a latent people. No one I explained it to said, "What do you mean?" They all said, "No, I want that. I want kind of what you were talking about. I want control over what people know about me, right?" And so I think what you're going to have um, long-term is you're going to have the equivalent of a wallet that's going to have these credentials in it. And really to go back to it, you know, that's what we have right now, right? We've got a wallet, camera there, wallet and a phone, right? But the phone, I think long-term is going to be what stores all of it because in Western society and digitized society, because it's right there, right? The fact that yeah. everyone has where most people have some kind of broadband access and have a mobile device, we already talked about centricity, we can assume they have it. Once we can assume that, then it becomes the equivalent of the pocket for modern society. It's It's got everything, right? Remember the old days, like, oh, I wish I had one device. It was a camera and a phone and this and a book. It, it's here, right? And so, yeah, yeah. so, you know, why not have that? Like a, just same way you have a secure enclave on your phone, have it store your credentials and then you hand it out. Now, governance, once you've handed it out, is a, is a different issue, right? You're still going to need a lot of these facilities because you should never trust people not to resell and, and all this kind of stuff. Sure. 
Sure. But so ultimately, the, the key is you own the data. You can expire it. You can revoke it, um, and you can destroy it at will. Uh, but but it makes I but it makes things worthwhile because we go back. You know, we go back to the, where this conversation started. Is I I, I can't. I, the last time I looked through my password managers, I was up over 160 unique uh, places where I have a username and password. Some of them I haven't visited in years. Some of them I only visited once. And it's like, oh, you want to go buy tickets for this one event? Create a username and password. I'm like, why? This makes no sense. Right. But everybody wants to mine your – it's all going back to you know who's going to mine your data and, and what, they can, what they can sell and, to their and vendors so you, about you. Right, and some of that you want, right? Like James says he doesn't want advertising about yoga if he's not into yoga, right? Which is fair. That you know, And also some of these enterprises knowing about you is helpful just in terms of the experience and like you want your doctor to know your history. So you want your doctor for example, right. to have access to every, every drug treatment you've ever, the fact you fractured your skull in the fifth grade, like I did as I doxed myself again, that would be helpful information and be nice not to have to relive all 40 years of my life to a doctor or whatever. I can just go here, download this. Now, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. There's an organization, a standard that was just announced last September called GAIN, Globally Assured Identity Network. A lot of words. What this is, is if you think about systems that are already in place for identity proofing and creation of identity, there's Google and all that kind of stuff, but there's also uh, the financial industry, which has done a ton of work on identity verification and identity proofing because who has more of a vested interest in making sure that we know they know who you are and you can authenticate, but Finance, the banks yeah. that have your money, right? Fair. And so what they're doing is they're working Fair. to be able to share via standards uh, within, I think, the OpenID uh, network, basically identities between them. So you can be verified by this bank and you can have that credential proving who you are and you can use that and hand it off to someone else. Okay. So it's an interesting concept, right? Um, Gain. Okay. Yeah. So something to, to think about. It's there's a huge group of people who are doing it, and, and they're all shades of a lot of people call this decentralized identity, and I don't think that's quite accurate. It is decentralized in the sense that it's yours, right? But you're still being yeah. signed by somebody else. Uh, you know, same way a driver's license is. You know, yeah, so Mike, I think the answer to this, from an identity perspective, right? I've been I've been kind of thinking in the back of my brain as you've been talking, and based on you know what I said about can't we just have a one global company that does this? The the key is it has to cost money, so the company isn't uh, isn't thinking about making money as as you as the product, you're the customer, right? So if you're the customer, it makes sense that they would protect your identity. Yeah, or yeah, it's it's got to be a it's got to be a conglomerate, a working together kind of thing because you need enterprises who are going to be incentivized to innovate, right? Right, and then you're going to have to have some kind of government aspect because governments, in theory, depending on your political views, right? But in theory, what do you do? You pay taxes so that they provide services and look out for the well-being of their citizens. Whether they do or not is in a different podcast, but. Right, what are they doing? They're issuing you uh, credentials, right, and providing services for you without making a profit. Fair enough. At least in theory, 
So, and then, then private organizations as well, like ones that aren't motivated by money, like think nonprofits, that kind of stuff. It's going to take a community, right? But the upshot has to be ease of use at the end of the day. If it's hard to use, no one's going to use it. Your password manager speaks to that already, right? And that's, that's, that's the key, man, is we, we, we have to solve this because, um, one, we see bre- like the last dozen or so breaches I've seen, the, the root cause once they've been thoroughly investigated tends to be, oh, compromised identity, compromised identity, fished identity, fished compromised identity. You're like, ah, where does it stop? And, and if you start with a Facebook, you know, compromise somebody's Facebook password, you can get, you know, to there, to there, to there, to there. And suddenly you're in, you're in their HR system. Uh, redirecting where their direct direct deposits go. And you're like, but, but how did this happen? It's like, well, you did it. Like, no, no, I didn't. I absolutely did not. And then you got to prove that you didn't. Um, yeah, I, I think there's got to be like, there's just got to be a way. And the challenge, of course, as we we pointed out, is you know, as we, you know, the three of us here, maybe not James because James doesn't age, but as we get older, um, as we get older, um. It is, it is, you know, look at my parents and they, they want to do the right thing. They want to do the, the secure thing, but like, you know, somebody that's in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s is not going to be a tech whiz. They're just, I mean, they're probably not right. Keeping up with technology that it takes us effort to get, to keep up with and try to figure out. And so, and and frankly, uh, apparently the new kids can't do it either. So, um, how do we make stuff that's you that, that's got to be the first thing it has to be universally simple so that it's usable right it, the, even, i don't care if it's ultimately secure if nobody uses it then it's completely useless to me and, and everybody else yeah it's got to be it's got to be there has to be a need for it and it has to be easy to use that's your two that is a kind of a law of utility that i'm just kind of making up right now is that you have to have a need for it or a perceived benefit and then it has to be just dead simple, right? It's not just dead yeah. simple. They also have, like, that's why the um, driver's license at the airport is such a great example, is that yeah. you're going to be doing that. Now, do you want to fumble around pulling out your ID, or do you just want to have your device and then chuck it in your bag and go through, right? People, yeah. look at the success of TSA PreCheck in the States or of Clear, right? People are, are giving away, quote unquote, their biometric information. Because they they don't want to wait in line the once or twice a year that they're going through an airline check security line, right? That's a that's or once that's or a, twice a week for some of us, sure. Right. I was I was talking about you know normal people or other people, right? You know. So well, now where the the TSA pre-check lines are longer than the regular lines anyway, right? Like there's so yeah. many people in them that you're like, uh, I guess I'm just gonna go over there. <laughs> Yeah. But they, they still go fast. So, but is there diff? I'm just curious about this. Thinking about Raffle, you were just saying talking about like the compromises, like oh, identity compromised. Uh, you know all that. Is there a difference though between identity and account? Because half of the the accounts in my password manager are not identities, right? Like I had to sign up on Samsung just so I could download a new stupid app on my TV. That's not an identity, right? That is it's an email address and a password that I could have made up to anything. Like there's no link to that. Right, fair enough. Right. And so there's got to be that difference between these, these sites where you create accounts. And the only thing you're verifying is 
an email address that anybody can create. Right. There's a, there's a, yeah, there's a load. That's a, these are loaded terms, obviously in the industry and the security industry at large. Right. You, you, you say you made up a guest account, right? So you made up an account. It's for you. It's just a username and password. Did you do it from a computer or a device that you own? Oh yeah. From the TV, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well then they know it. Did they, did you do it from home? They know your IP address. They know your your cable provider. They there is a ton of information. It's not just a username and password. They can yeah. if you give it's give profiling. people enough time, you can you can find people's home addresses based off of IP addresses and subnets. And so all I'm saying is that I hear you. It is just a simple account. Whether or not that's an identity depends on who who is doing the arguing, right? Um, you know, from the business perspective, it definitely is now from your perspective, you know, maybe a one-off if I can compromise you in one site, then I've got a really good chance of being able to get into your other locations as well. Your other accounts as well. This is why, uh, have I been pwned is such a popular service. The guy, uh, Troy hunt running out of Australia, where it basically, you can look up your credentials and see if they've been compromised because People just reuse stuff, um, you know, even if a username, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's all, it's, I, I think it comprises the identity. I don't think it is the identity itself. The identity to me itself would be the conglomerate of everything, but that's kind of an academic argument. Right. Well, I mean, you think yeah. of like natted devices, all that stuff. I mean, you know. Xfinity allows anybody with an Xfinity account to tag onto anybody else's modem, right? Like, <laughs> so are you sure I did it from home? No, I did it from that guy's house. And, uh, you know, I always yeah. make sure I connect to my neighbor's Wi-Fi before I <laughs> sign up for any accounts. Um, and I, my neighbor's Wi-Fi through a private VPN, you know, I mean, that, right, right, but right. yeah, I mean, there's lots of stuff you could argue around that stuff of like, okay, yeah, I did it from home. That's my IP address. But I mean, we have people come over that we let on the guest Wi-Fi. Uh, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's all kinds of ways you could say, no, that wasn't me until they right, get to your like, right. Mac device IDs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, there's, there's always a way somehow, uh, yeah. even with, with photographs too, is is particularly scary, but you're right. But I don't think people are thinking in that way. I think they're, they're, like I said, they're giving away what they have and what they know hmm. for ease of use purposes, um, more than not. So it's a a good question, though. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, I kind of look at them separately, right? Like, something I'm building up where I'm I'm giving information, I'm providing a public profile, right, of the stuff, you know, outside of things like IP address and and that type of stuff. And I'm actually giving you information to build a profile around me versus all the give-me's of me just making a TCP connection. Right. What's what's fascinating is that as soon as you make an account, they've already established a default profile for you, which was shockingly good. When I signed up for that Google account, for instance, I gave a okay, granted I gave a birthday, but off of that and gender, they they had a set of forty interests right off the bat that they assumed that my fake identity, my fake person was was interested in. Right. So it was it was just fascinating to see it evolve over time in 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 ways I didn't expect or or anticipate. So but yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. Yeah, that is uh 
Yeah, it's it's a fascinating topic, definitely for sure. Uh, so interestingly enough, I guess you know, I my comment on Xfinity, they didn't know the identity, and I guess they kicked Raf off. So he uh, <laughs> <laughs> he got booted, and uh, so I guess this is a good spot to to wrap things up. Sure, and uh, really appreciate you taking the time and coming on. It's been a fantastic conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always enjoy talking about this stuff and and the intersection of of culture and technology and arguing about it. Obviously, it's a lot more fun this way. Right? Yeah. No, it's it's interesting to hear like the results of like younger versus older and those different aspects of it. Of you know, people like I don't know. Just interesting is the differences between how people act and how they're willing to kind of click stuff and fall for stuff when you think right. that it might be a different way than it really is. So, uh, yeah, no, it was awesome. I really appreciate you spending the time. And uh, as I said, Raph got kicked off. So <laughs> either he didn't want his identity found out or something, you know, they really just didn't like him. But uh, appreciate the time. Uh, everybody else, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to check out. We do post some of these to our YouTube channel now, uh, which is fantastic. I love that we got video going on now instead of just the, the audio podcast. And uh, so be sure to check that out. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks a lot. As we fade out on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole episode, we'd like to encourage you to chat with our hosts and guests using the Twitter hashtag pound DTSR. Please check out the show notes, catch up on any episodes you may have missed, and subscribe so you don't miss a future episode. So on behalf of Rafal, James, for now it's goodbye. We'll see you soon on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. 